91 Donkey Lane is a magical apartment complex that contains immense power, but lacks intelligent inhabitants. What is happening? I'm getting texts. Why are we getting a lot of texts? People found out what we did. Oh, dividing Mike Myers into an infinite amount of tiny Mike Myers. Listen to 91 Donkey Lane for free on Spotify or your favorite podcasting app. More at 91donkeylane.com. See you there, you donkeys. We're making an ad. Napping ad. This is where I think if we're doing it right, Alec Baldwin comes in. He says a couple things. Mm. He listens to the podcast every week. Has he been canceled? Was Alec Baldwin the one who killed somebody? I hear that Gary Sinise is free. Oh, okay, great. He hasn't worked since 2020. <laughs> so, um, what would be the script that we would have Gary Sinise say for the Napping Through Happy Hour podcast? Listen to this damn show. Damn it. The it- Napping Through Happy Hour podcast brought to you by Geekscape. Real life, real drama, real time. I'm Gary Sinise. That's the ad. That's the ad. That's the ad. Ninety-one Donkey Lane is a magical apartment complex that contains immense power, but lacks intelligent inhabitants. What is happening? I'm getting texts. Why are we getting a lot of texts? People found out what we did. Oh, dividing Mike Myers into an infinite amount of tiny Mike Myers? Listen to Ninety-one Donkey Lane for free on Spotify or your favorite podcasting app. More at 91donkeylane.com. See you there, you donkeys. Hey, everybody, and welcome to another bonus episode of Horror Movie Night. This week, I am joined by someone who I've been a huge fan of. So when I heard that they were willing to be on our little show, I got very excited. Josie Cotton. Yay, there's the clapping. (laughs) (laughs) I can hear it. I can hear them all. <laughs> so you have a new record. It just came out in early May called Revenge of the B-Girls, which I love that it's you doing covers of some of these like drive-in grindhouse schlocky classics. Yeah, it's called Invasion of the B-Girls. Oh, I thought Invasion was- of the B-Girls was the first album in 2007. No, it's, it's 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 pretty much the same. It's the same. Uh, we're re-releasing it, but we added on uh, the, the additional track, "Female Trouble." So, oh. uh, "Revenge of the B Girls" would be a great, uh, uh, actually, uh, volume two, though. <laughs> well, I might steal that. <laughs> go for it. Go for it and run for it. Run with it. And I love that you covered the "Female Trouble" theme, which I mean, obviously, huge John Waters fan over here. One of his. Uh, I think one of his classics that is a little bit much for even the casual John Waters fan. And that's why I love that you did it. Like it's such a, I know, I know. I, 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 this always kept in my mind. If I ever had a child, I would want to chew the umbilical cord like divine did. That would be, (laughs) (laughs) that'd be the peak moment, I think. (laughs) But uh, fortunately I never did. So I didn't get to do that. (laughs) So, were you always a fan of like these these kind of schlocky films and these horror films, or was this something that came with doing stuff like Valley Girls and Nomad? Oh no, I I was a, a huge uh, science fiction little girl. I was a weird little girl, and um, I was just fascinated by science fiction and scary movies, and um, I would watch them all by myself and. 
I um, I was a lot like Wednesday from the Adams Family. I was <laughs> that strange little girl, dark gothic kind of thing. But um, yeah, I just that was my escape hatch from the world, and uh, it evolved. Of course, you know, I didn't hit the exploitation uh, movies of uh, you know. Um, you know, all these movies on this record until I was an adult, thank God. But, um, yeah, I just, I've just always had this uh, love and, um, you know, just a, a sense of wonder whenever I would see any of these movies and then a sense of just absurd humor later on when uh, Russ Meyer came into my life and, and it all it all continued to work for me. So my, my idea of, of doing the record of, theme songs from all these movies I had loved was, um, you know, that was really exciting to me. Uh, uh, just the idea of doing it was just seemed so perfect, and I couldn't believe no one had done it before. That was shocking to me. <laughs> well, and I, I think that it makes sense for you specifically because when you look at, like, the 80s music landscape, you know, camp was, was always a thing that existed, but, you know, when you're, when you're first big hit is a song called Johnny Are You Queer. You're you're definitely yeah. tapping into a very distinct campy style right out That's the so gate. True. Yeah, <laughs> it's, it's pretty it's pretty campy. <laughs> uh, there's other adjectives, but campy is and it was always meant tongue in cheek and uh you know in that way. So uh I'm I'm happy the people got you know got the way it was intended because <laughs> that was that was uh, just a funny song to me. I just um, always loved it. So, and I, I didn't know until recently that that was a go-go song as well. How did that song come into your peripheral? Yeah, that um, we had uh, the same producers. Um, the Payne Brothers were producing the go-go's for a couple years. They were involved in their work and their live shows, and they wrote that song for the go-go's when Jane made the observation that all the cute boys were gay and um so that was a line out of a fear song that they were also working with that punk band fear and they just created this frankenstein of uh, you know of a, a hardcore punk and this kind of pop uh, pop power pop and uh, they wrote it and that was the song they would do at the end of the night and it was their big um uh, you know made them um uh you know, they were known for that song, doing it at the end of the night, and people would go crazy. And then they parted ways, and they were looking for a singer to sing on the demo for their publishing company, and and then there come I, and um, I kind of had to beg to sing that song, just on the demo. It's just like, <laughs> please, please let me sing. I want to sing, you know. And, <laughs> and one of them was my boyfriend, he was like, oh, no, no, you know, even though he knew I was a songwriter and a singer, and he just, I just had to go to the brother and go, it's just a demo. What could happen? What could possibly happen from a demo? And then, and then the demo actually got signed and then caused a huge controversy all over the world. So, well, and that was the funny thing was, you know, as I do research before these interviews, I've always loved the song. And I found myself thinking, like, oh, I wonder if this song caused a big uproar. And it, oh, yeah. and it did, but not in the way that I, well, I'm not shocked with who was, was offended by it, but it wasn't who I thought <laughs> would be offended by it, is what yeah, I'll say. I, um, yeah, well, I, you know, I guess I knew it was going to 
the explosive, but I really didn't realize it, it was going to go to the extremes that it did. Was <laughs> luckily most people didn't even know that that word crossed from you know highly forbidden into just the vernacular pretty easily with the whole generation of kids who just thought it was fun and and so the word snuck into uh, into into our world. But the people who who didn't care for that um, transition, <laughs> you know, as you know, the, the extremely, you know, evangelicals, uh, the tele- particularly the ones who had the crazy TV shows back in the 80s, those people. <laughs> <laughs> so did the song, I, I don't really know the timeline with this, was the power of Johnny Are You Queer what got you into Valley Girl? Or do you think Valley Girl is what made Johnny Are You Queer so popular? No, actually, uh, Johnny A. Queer was uh, was first on this small label called Bomb Records, uh, uh, kind of a very famous, uh, you know, doing new wave and punk rock and, and whatnot. And it was a, a giant hit. They were responsible for it being a world a known um, international, you know, uh, situation going on for that song. It was all because of this little label. And... Um, by the time when I got to my Electro Records as a major record company, they they got very nervous about it and they pretty much killed the song, pulled it from the radio. It was about to go on AM radio and and uh, they were just terrified of it. And so <laughs> by the time I hit Valley Girl, that song was on the on the wane. It was going out of people's consciousness uh, because it, it had been banned. It wasn't allowed on the radio. <laughs> it was. It was the record company was trying to pretend it never happened. So I thought it was pretty brave of, of the director, Martha Coolidge, to put it in that movie. Yeah, and then you also acted in uh, a little, I, I feel like it's a very underappreciated movie, but I love it, uh, Nomads with it's Pierce a, Brosnan. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it was a strange one. <laughs> and Leslie Ann Down and <laughs> from that whole <laughs> era. So funny. Uh, and Adam Ant and uh, Mary Warnoff. Yeah, that was a it was a funny uh, experience. Um, I didn't know quite how to act as a a dead Eskimo that had been transported <laughs> into a punk rocker, like who <laughs> was destroying property. <laughs> I mean, that was I wasn't allowed to go on. I was taking acting lessons at the time, and I just couldn't find my you know my motive for I've... doing this, but. I feel like that's not one that they cover in a lot of acting classes is uh, channeling dead Eskimos. No, yeah, you just can't, you can't quite put your finger on that one. <laughs> but it was, it was fun. And, um, you know, Adam Ant was hilarious and uh, he, he made all kinds of wisecracks during the movie. Um, but yeah, that, and then John McTiernan went on to do, all, you know, um, his huge movies that he did. Um, yeah, he was Die Hard, right? Willis. Yeah, yeah Die Hard. That yeah. was his, that was his first movie, and um, so yeah, that that was. I think he pro- probably wanted to um, bury that movie for so no one could hear <laughs> could watch it. I'm kind kind of guessing that's the situation. Yeah, but you know what? Us us horror fans are loyal to stuff, whether it's a masterpiece or the worst thing we've ever seen. We always find something that we love about it. And No Man's is not a bad movie at all. No, no, it's not. And um, uh, yeah, you know, I, I um, 
I'm I'm a big horror fan too. I mean, I I, I failed to mention that, but it's funny. I um I'm supposed to be writing these synopsis of movies. It's kind of a hobby I've come <laughs> I've developed of writing these re-reviews of these crazy movies and um, with a, a little humor, a, a, you know, humoristic edge to it. And I was I was trying to find these movies, and one of them I remembered it was so. You know, with such love, and I started watching it last night. Have you ever seen Tetsuo? Yes, the the oh I my can't. God. Yeah, that is such a weird movie. <laughs> it's so weird. It's so dark, and I realized I can't subject people. <laughs> I can't. It's it's such a specific uh, demented mind to. Uh, I couldn't even finish it. I mean, honestly, it was. It's so. It's so full of this angst and horror and just this poor guy. I couldn't ever really figure out why he put that metal rod in his leg. <laughs> well, and that's the thing. I feel like there's such a cool overlap of like horror and punk rock and heavy metal. Like it all blends into this perfect melting pot of what you said, angst. Like I feel like horror movies get such a bad rep, but they really are probably some of the most genuine, like, unleashing of emotions in a film yeah and sometimes it's the only place where the truth can actually come out in in these crazy movies it, you know they um I, you know i've been watching black mirror for so long and and um but it was always i mean it's not quite horror but it's it's horrific and because it's so close to our society now and and um, and all this, but I, I think you can say things in these movies that you can't otherwise. You're forbidden to say certain things, and uh, definitely, um, uh, yeah, Tetsuo really holds. Uh, and and Basket Case, I mean, like, <laughs> one Bas of my all-time favorites. Basket Case was the first trilogy we ever covered on our podcast, where we did really? an episode on every every movie in the franchise because it's just it's you have to see them to believe them but that first one no, is you such... have to it's all <laughs> and i've been reading recently about um uh, someone gave me a, for my birthday a book about you know famous freaks throughout history and um uh you know that's a parasitic twin movie if people don't know about that but but there were some parasitic twins in real life where the actual the, an actual leg was coming out of one of the twins mouths like <laughs> insane and they had pictures of it <laughs> I, i'll have to send you you would really appreciate this book it's quite disturbing oh that sounds amazing yeah and that director uh frank henenlotter like the stuff that he's put out uh beyond just basket case with frankenhooker and brain damage brain damage is such a deep movie so brain damage that sounds so familiar who was in that one that's the that's the one where it's like a parasite that attaches to the back of his head and injects it's it's basically a giant allegory oh. for heroin addiction it injects oh, a drug into him and then stops giving him the drug unless he kills for the parasite oh and, i gotta see that yeah i, I saw frankenhooker i love that <laughs> yeah <laughs> yeah brain da brain damage is like Brain it damage. is because it's as it's as off the wall as his other stuff, but it's definitely like really? it hits a lot deeper than a lot of the other stuff. Like it's not it, just, it, yeah, yeah. It has like I a mean, message it, tied to it versus the rest are just kind of like goofy for the sake of being silly. This one you can tell he was dealing with some some real tough shit in his life and was trying to address yeah. it. Yeah, yeah. Basket Case doesn't have a lot of methods going on. <laughs> yeah, I love it, but it's not known for its depth, for sure. No. <laughs> <laughs>
No, but its superficiality goes really deep. <laughs> Plummets downward. So the last thing I absolutely need to talk to you about is we, we already touched on the fact that you cover the female trouble on this new version of the Invasion of the B-Girls uh, album. But yeah. you also got the blessing from from the king of trash, the king of camp, John Waters. What was it like even interacting with John about about the cover? Well, I mean, it was it was quite amazing. I mean, I recorded it when this when this album first came out in 2007. It was just a very limited release on CD, and um, I sent it to him because he had put Johnny Queer on his A Date with John Waters, Disturbing Love Songs for the Ages, <laughs> which was such an honor. And um, uh, to be a part of that movement, I didn't know there was one, but I was happy to be in it. And, um, but uh, so uh, I sent it to him because I had, he had sent me, you know, the one that I was going to be on. And um, and he, of course, he knew all those movies. And he says, well, the only thing is with female trouble, I have, I'm in the middle of doing a, um, a, a compilation of all of Divine songs. So um, I, I made you to not put it on this record which was hard because we'd already finished it and mastered it. And it was like, <laughs> set to go. I thought he'd be so happy. But, um, and of course, I mean, I'm uh, just in awe of him and I worship at his temple and uh, the John Waters one. And I said, I, of course, I, I will do that. And we took it off and um, the record. And so it's been, and, but you know, in, in the middle of it, he did, he did say he would sue me. <laughs> <laughs> but but very politely he was he was like a he was like an old you know civil war general who's so politely gonna burn down your town or like <laughs> i don't know you know burn the south down i don't know but he was such a gentleman about it. he says i know you're gonna be upset and that uh i just have to ask you people have tried so many drag queens have tried to record it and i had to sue them all and uh you know he was kind enough to say if anyone could would I wouldn't want anyone to sing it to be you, and whether or not that is true, it was still very flattering. And um, and I said I could never hate you. I could never I could never be mad at you. That song actually was extremely empowering for me to perform live, and and uh, you know it was, you know it's not just for drag queens. <laughs> and um, and so uh, he said he said you're so nice. I, he said um, I'm going to write your liner notes. Oh. So so yeah. So uh, that was just, and they were just, uh, yeah, they just, just prices. Have you read the liner notes that he? I I've read it's, like highlights from, but I haven't had a chance to really sit down and read oh it. Oh my but. god, it just uh, uh, Josie Cotton makes the uh, has made the unlistenable unforgettable. <laughs> it's such a good. That's the line that I know from it. It's such a oh, good and then, line. And then about girl and go boots, he called it the hideous sorrow of low rent go go dancers. <laughs> <laughs> so good so so the new version of invasion of the b-girls is available now it's on streaming services and where can people go to keep up with everything else that you're up to oh well i mean i don't know if people even go to websites anymore uh music.com but i'm i'm all over uh, you know instagram Insta- uh, josie cotton official and i have a facebook and all that type of thing but it's, it's on all the venues and, and the and the vinyl is coming out 
uh, we never did the vinyl on that record. And if any record of mine ever deserved to be on vinyl, it was Invasion of the Bee Girls. And it's all remastered. It's new artwork. It's all in a different order, which was strangely enhanced the record. I don't know why, but somehow there is much more of a, like a, a, a story, some, uh, some kind of a horror movie thing going on. <laughs> uh, but uh, yeah, so uh, it's. Uh, I think it's going to be in July that the vinyl is done. People seem really interested, and there's going to be some little addition. But it's available um, now in the in all those all those di- digital worlds <laughs> on the Spotify's <laughs> and Apple Music's and all yeah, that good jazz. All that yeah, stuff, sure. All right. Well, thank you so much, Josie, for joining us. Well, this was so fun. I hope to do it again with you. For sure, when the vinyl comes out, we'll do another. We're making an ad. Napping ads. This is where I think if we're doing it right... Alec Baldwin comes in. He says a couple things. Mm. He listens to the podcast every week. Yep. Has he been canceled? Wait, is Alec Baldwin the one who killed somebody? I hear that Gary Sinise is free. Oh, okay, great. He hasn't worked since 2020. <laughs> so, um, what would be the script that we would have Gary Sinise say for the Napping Through Happy Hour podcast? Listen to this damn show. Damn it. The <laughs> Napping Through Happy Hour podcast brought to you by Geekscape. Real life, real drama real time. I'm Gary Sinise. That's the ad. That's the ad. That's the ad. Ninety-one Donkey Lane is a magical apartment complex that contains immense power but lacks intelligent inhabitants. What is happening? I'm getting texts. Why are we getting a lot of texts? People found out what we did. Oh, dividing Mike Myers into an infinite amount of tiny Mike Myers. Listen to 91 Donkey Lane for free on Spotify or your favorite podcasting app. More at 91donkeylane.com. See you there, you donkeys. We're making an ad. Napping ads. This is where I think if we're doing it right... Alec Baldwin comes in. He says a couple things. Mm. He listens to the podcast every week. Yep. Has he been canceled? Wait, is Alec Baldwin the one who killed somebody? I hear that Gary Sinise is free. Oh, okay, great. He hasn't worked since 2020. <laughs> so, um, what would be the script that we would have Gary Sinise say for the Napping Through Happy Hour podcast? Listen to this damn show. Damn it. The <laughs> Napping Through Happy Hour podcast brought to you by Geekscape. Real life, real drama real time i'm gary sinise that's the ad that's the ad that's the ad you're listening to the geekscape network